Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're coming to a new section in this series on faith. We've seen that receiving salvation, and in fact any blessing from God, is on the basis of God's grace alone, received through faith alone. And, and this way of faith is independent of any works. This is the way we receive from God. And you, you can't come to God trying to earn or deserve his blessing uh, by your works. Uh, it's got to be by grace. Uh, faith, you see, even by definition means this, because faith means repenting of trusting in yourself and our works, and instead putting all our trust into Christ and his work that he's done for us. And so this way of faith cannot include works. But today, we're going to look at the other side of the coin, the other side of the equation, which is the place and the importance of good works, because they are important. And any genuine faith will result in good works in our life. Our works, in fact, reveal and they release our faith. So, although we're saved by faith alone, our faith must not remain alone. In fact, it must produce good works, and it should produce good works if it's a genuine faith. It's imperative that we express our faith in actions because James says that faith without works, without corresponding actions, is dead, inactive, unfruitful, unproductive, inoperative. Faith must have works for it to be effective. And the purpose of this message is to help you produce good works of faith, pleasing to God. And so we're going to look today at three reasons, three benefits for expressing your faith in good works so that you will be motivated to let your life, your faith, issue forth in good works. Three benefits of works done through faith in the living God. In other words, adding works to our faith will accomplish three things. Number one, our works reveal our faith. Number two, our works release our faith. And number three, our works perfect our faith. So first of all, our works reveal our faith. Jesus said to his disciples one time in the storm, they were full of fear and anxiety. He said, where is your faith? Now they had faith, but it was not visible. It was not evident. There was no evidence of it because they were not speaking. They were not acting in faith. Your faith can only be seen, manifested by your works. <clears throat> Another time there were four men who lowered their friend through the roof to get him to the feet of Jesus. And it says that Jesus saw their faith. How did he see their faith? Through spiritual discernment? No. He saw it through the works that they did. Their actions reveal their faith. Do your actions reveal your faith? You see, our works of faith prove that we have genuine faith, not just a mental assent. In other words, that we trust God in our hearts. It's not just that we believe in him in our mind. Yes, you see, we are saved by faith alone, but not by a faith that stays alone. A genuine faith, a genuine trust in God, a genuine surrender in our heart to God's word will surely issue forth in a changed life. It will produce good works. It will be expressed and revealed in our words and in our life, in our actions. James 2.18 says, someone will say, he's having an imaginary argument with someone, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. 
This person is claiming here that there's no connection, there's no relationship between faith and works. And James is saying absolutely wrong. And he proves him wrong by challenging him. He says, show me your faith without your works. That's impossible. And then he says, and I will show you my faith by my works. You reveal your faith by your works. And then to the suggestion that it's enough just to have faith in God without any works, he goes on to say in verse 19, you believe that there's one God, you do well. (laughs) Even the demons believe and tremble. And he says such a person's faith without works looks just like the faith of a demon because even Satan believes that there's a God. He has a mental assent, but he produces no works of faith. All he can do is tremble in fear at judgment coming. James 2.14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith, can that kind of faith save him? A faith without works, you see, You know, only God knows, actually, if someone has a true faith. Only God knows. But if someone claims to have faith and has no works, we have to question whether that's a genuine faith. James 2.20, he goes on to say, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? And now he's proving his point, James, is proving his points that works are necessary to prove our faith. James gives the example of Abraham in Genesis 22 when he offers up Isaac in obedience to God's command. James says that Abraham was justified by his works. But we know, actually, that Abraham was already justified by faith before God uh, in Genesis 15, verse 6. When he believed in the Messiah, it says that he believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's when Abraham, as it were, was made righteous with God through faith alone, back in Genesis 15. And that's when he was justified. Now James is talking about the fact that Abraham was justified in Genesis 22, many years later. This has to be a different justification. There is a justification by faith and there's a justification by works. You see, we are justified before God. We are made righteous before God by faith alone. But the word justified also means vindicated. You know, if I was justified in my decision. I was vindicated in my decision. It proved to be right. And that's the meaning of, of justified in James's case. When I, Abraham offered up Isaac, he was already justified before God. He was already righteous before God. But in that case, in Genesis 22, his faith was vindicated. He proved that he had real faith because he did such an act of obedience. By his act of obedience, he proved his faith was genuine. His faith was justified by his works, was vindicated, was proved. And so, in the same way, we are justified by fa- before God by faith alone, without reference to our works. But we are justified or vindicated before man but by our works. Our works, you see, reveal and prove whether our faith is genuine or not. Matthew 25, 31, um, Jesus talks about when he comes and judges. 
He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Notice the sheep and the goats are separated on the basis of their nature. The sheep and the goats. The sheep are believers, the goats are the unbelievers. They are separated as to whether they're born again or not, according to their true nature. Um, and so the true believers are the sheep. But it's interesting now, when he actually gives an explanation, a justification um, for, for, for his judgment, he actually points to their works. So although they're sheep, those sheep are also identified by their works, and the goats are identified by their lack of works. And the true believers prove their faith by good works of love. Their works demonstrated their faith, because let's read on. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. That's the works of compassion. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. And so these are believers who do acts of compassion, and they are a proof of that they truly are the sheep. Now those who didn't believe revealed their heart by their lack of good works. And that's, this is what Jesus has to say about them in verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I, you did nothing. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. Naked and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then it says that these will go away into everlasting punishment and the righteous into everlasting life. And so those who were the sheep revealed their nature by their works. Your works reveal who you really are on the inside and what you really believe. So that's first, our works reveal our faith. Number two, our works release our faith. And you see, and since our faith is that which unites us to the power of God, when our faith is released, then the power of God is released, the blessing of God is released. And so we do not release the power of God, and we do not release our faith by our thoughts. We release them by our words and by our actions. Uh, our works release our faith, and they release the power of God into action. So you may have faith, but it, unless, it's un unless it's activated, unless it's released, it will not produce results. And you release your faith through your words, through your actions. Words and works release our faith and release the power and blessing of God. James 1.22 says, be, the, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What's the deception? The deception is that you can get results just by hearing the word, just by having faith in your heart 
you'll get results, but that's not enough. You must also do it. Be doers of the word also, not hearers only. It's good to hear the word, but now you have to do it as well to get those results, because only then is the power released into our life and to profit us and other people. James 1.25 says, He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, watch this set phrase now, this one will be blessed in, his, in what he does. I like what the ESV says, the English Standard Version. A doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So the blessing is released in the doing. So the hearing is a blessing, of course, and that gives you faith. But only when you do it is that power released. You are blessed in your doing. Take the example of Peter walking on the water. When he heard Jesus say, come, through that word, faith comes by hearing the word, Peter had faith in his heart to walk on the water, but there was no power released in Peter's life until he acted on the word, until he took that step outside of the boat and actually stepped on the water. When he acted on the word, then when he, his faith was released, his faith was activated and the power of God flowed and he found he defied gravity. But the power was only released when he acted on the word. He couldn't sit in the boat and wait to feel the power and wait to feel himself levitating. It doesn't work like that. He had to act by faith. Then the power's released. In, I could multiply examples of this because it's a general principle. In, when in Jericho, God told them what to do. Walk around the city seven times and then shout the shout of faith altogether. But it was only when they obeyed. If they would have just sat back and folded their arms, the, those walls would still be standing. But it was only when they obeyed by walking around the walls and then shouting the shout of faith, at that moment, the power was released and the walls came tumbling down. It's only as you put your faith into action is that power released. Praise God. And then you experience the victory. Crossing the Jordan. God told the priests who were taking the Ark of the Covenant, he said, you go and walk into the Jordan River. And this is while the river was in full flood. And it was only as they walked towards the river and put their toes in the water that the waters of the Jordan rolled back and they walked through. The power of God was only released when they acted in faith. Their actions of faith released the power of God. Um, the march of faith by the four lepers. It, the Bible talks about Samaria was besieged by the Syrian army. They're in a desperate famine, but the prophet Elisha made a prophecy that they would be fully delivered within 24 hours and, and God would provide all that they needed. And nobody responded to that, except for four lepers in the gate who decided to say, well, look, what have we got to lose? And they acted on, on that prophecy and they started a march. They walked towards the Syrian camp, and it says they rose up at twilight and started to march their march of faith towards that Syrian camp. And when they got there, they were amazed to find the enemy had fled because the enemy, at twilight, exactly at the same time, when they, the lepers started their march, at twilight, they heard the sound of a massive army coming down upon them. And they fled in terror and left all the stuff behind. And 
You see, what does that mean? When the lepers marched at twilight, that was when the army of God, the Lord of hosts, started marching. And they heard the sound of this angelic army marching upon them, and they fled. And so it was as they took that step of faith that the power of God and the angels of God were released. Let me give you one more example in Acts chapter 14, verse 8. In Lystra, a certain man, without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, observing him intently, Paul, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. I want you to notice that this man heard the word, and he, therefore he had faith to be healed. But was he healed? No, he was not healed. Why not? He had faith to be healed. Because it was only when, by, with Paul's help, Paul got him to act on his faith. He said, stand up on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. So it was only when the man acted on his faith that he released his faith and he released the power of God and his healing was manifested. James 2 confirms this in, in verse 15. He says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Just imagine someone comes to your door, they've just been attacked or for some reason they've got no clothes at all, they're, they're starving, and you just say to them, be blessed, have a good evening, you know? Then even, then what good is that? Your faith is of no value. Is, is unproductive, is unhelpful, is unfruitful if it does not have corresponding actions. That releases the blessing. And, and so he says, faith by itself is dead, is unproductive. You must add works to your faith if it's to produce results and blessing, not just for yourself, but for other people. And then James again uses Abraham's faith as an example here as well. James 2.21 says, when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar, do you see that his faith was working together with his works? His faith was working together with his works. In other words, his faith was activated, was released into action by his works. Verse 26 confirms that. For the, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The body without the spirit is compared to faith without works. The works is like the spirit, that the spirit activates the body. So in the same way, your good works activate your faith into action. Praise God. And then the power of God then is released. In Genesis 22 also, we see as a result of his obedience, great blessing was released through his obedience that God declared all the blessing that never would have happened had Abraham not been obedient. So faith without works is dead, but faith with works releases the blessings of God. And then thirdly, we, we need to point this out too, that since our faith, our works activate our faith, at the same time, our works therefore exercise our faith and develop our faith. They strengthen our faith. They perfect our faith. You can't have strong faith just by hearing the word. It's by hearing and doing it. 
You see, because faith is like a muscle that needs exercise to grow stronger. Just by feeding all the time isn't going to give you strong muscles. You have to do exercise. You see, because it, the challenges and the problems are like resistances that we face. And, and that's our opportunity to use our faith muscle more and get stronger. We must lose it or use it. Sorry, use it or lose it. The astronauts, you know, when they went into space, they weren't able to use their muscles for, for, a, for a couple of weeks. And when they came back, they were really weak. They could hardly stand. Because if you don't use it, you will lose strength. And in Genesis 22 again, we read what James says about it. He says, Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by his works his faith was made perfect? See, Jesus is the perfecter of your faith, but your faith is made perfect through your works, by your works. It's, that means made developed, made strong. See, the more we use and exercise our faith, by putting it into action, the stronger it will become. See, there's two keys to a strong faith. Number one, we must feed it, and number two, we must exercise it. God's word is our spiritual food. We must feed our faith with the word of God because the word contains, is our food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so it contains spiritual strength, which is called faith. And when we hear the word, we're feeding our faith. We're receiving more faith, which gives us the capacity now to act in faith. But we must act in faith. We must exercise our faith. Because if we don't, we will not become strong in faith. We'll just come flabby. In, as in the natural, we need food and exercise, both, to grow strong. So to grow in faith, we need to firstly receive faith by hearing the word, but we must exercise our faith by doing the word. Only then, by our works, will our faith become perfect. Faith without works is, is weak, incomplete, ineffective. Let's finish with the, the Luke chapter 17, where Jesus teaches on this. It says that, verse 4, if he sins against you seven times in a day, and asks, seven times in a day, returns, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Repeated sinning. And here's Jesus challenging them to do the word and forgive. The apostle said to him, Lord, increase our faith. They're thinking, I don't have enough faith yet to do this. And so they ask him to feed, him, feed them more. They want their faith increased. The Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mulberry tree, this sycamine tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. He said their problem was not a lack of faith, actually, because you only need a tiny mustard seed of faith in a big God to get results. They had the faith, you see, because they'd already fed, they'd already heard the word. But now they had to use their faith, they had to release their faith by, by their words, by speaking to that root of bitterness, by casting it out of their heart into the sea. You know, to re reject that unforgiveness. Only then, when you act on the word, will God's power be released. He says, if you were to speak, use your faith and speak, then you'll get results. So it's not a lack of faith. He says, you're just not using the faith you've got. And he says, uh, then, only then, when you speak, then the power is released and you causing you to overcome that unforgiveness. 
And also, he was answering their request in verse 5 to increase their faith. How can their faith be increased? The answer is simple. He says, use and exercise the faith you've already got by speaking, you see. And then, by putting your faith in action, then you will increase in your faith in, by doing so. Every time you forgive someone, you're that much stronger in faith to do it again, you see. And then he illustrates the balance here between feeding and doing. Verse 7, which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he's come in from the field, come in at once and sit down to eat, feed. Will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until I've eaten and drunk, and afterward you would eat and drink? You see, we're like this servant whose first duty is to do the word of his master. And this requires strength, of course. It needs faith. And that comes from feeding in the word. But this feeding is not to be the higher priority to the doing. Instead, his main focus is to do the will of his master, because that's what makes him fruitful as a servant. Then, once he's obeyed fully, he's ready to feed some more. Only when you obey what God's revealed you to do, do you qualify for more revelation. You cannot be fruitful or grow in faith unless you exercise your faith by doing the word. And so, our faith must be expressed in good works. We receive power from God through faith, but we must also release it into our life uh, and into our world, into our experience, by our words and by our works of faith. And each time we exercise our faith in this way, it will grow stronger. And we must put our faith into action, you see. For faith without works is dead. It's unproductive, inactive. Faith speaks and acts as if the Bible is true. And when we do this, when we act on our faith, and only when we act on our faith, will we experience and release the power of God in our life. In other words, faith works. Make sure your faith is working. <laughs>